Subject ACT with me, Heather Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, stories with a global dimension. In this podcast, we're looking at one really important example of biodiversity and ecosystem health, namely that of frogs. Thousands of sick, dying and dead frogs are being reported right across Australia. As frogs are an integral part of healthy Australian ecosystems, this requires urgent attention. This week is Frog ID Week when the Australian Museum in Sydney puts a call out to all Australians to get involved in counting frogs. With me via Zoom is Dr Jodie Rowley. Jodie is a biologist with a focus on amphibian diversity, ecology and conservation. Among many other things, she leads the herpetology department at the Australian Museum Research Institute. Welcome, Jodie. Thank you. Now, Jodie, that froggy call in the background is one that many of us have heard over the years. I'm sure you recognise it. The uh, big, beefy kind of bonk, bonk is uh, the banjo frog, or also known as the pobble bonk. So it has some fantastic common names, and both are in reference to the amazing call that they make. So it does sound, especially if there's a lot of them, uh, like someone playing a, a bit of a banjo. Uh, they're they're a, a really big, brown, sort of iconic Australian frog that, uh, particularly along the east coast, but there's also a version of the banjo frog that's related uh, in southwest WA as well. So they are the sound of an Australian summer for sure. I've sometimes heard the banjo frog, but I admit I've never actually seen one. So the question perhaps we should start with is what's going on with our frogs? I guess we just don't know uh, at this stage, but whatever's happening isn't good. So since the beginning of winter, so the first kind of really cold snap, May, especially June and July, we've been getting reports of sick and dead frogs, particularly across Eastern Australia, but that might also just be because that's where the most people are, um, and showing up on people's doorsteps, on the side of the roads, people finding them when they walk the dog. Now, it's, it's really rare to find a dead frog because they decompose so quickly. Obviously, all frogs die, but to receive so many reports, some of them of dozens or even, you know, a hundred frogs that people have seen in a really short space of time is really, really alarming. Um, We don't yet know what is causing it. We think that it's probably disease. Uh, We're not sure if it's the disease that's been affecting frogs for several decades and is responsible for the extinction of several Australian frog species. Uh, But we're, we're really... I guess, going day and night to try and find out what is causing this event and what impact it's going to have on our amazing frogs. Mm. So it's really just become a bit catastrophic in the last five months or so. Yeah, I mean, frogs, and I guess the worrying thing is that frogs are already pushed to the edge. They're threatened by so many things. We've already lost at least four species of frogs. We've got dozens more that are threatened. Um, and so just to have one more thing that we're not sure what's going on could be potentially devastating, especially for species that are already threatened or in small areas. And the, I guess, compounding thing about this particular investigation is that most of it we've been in lockdown. So the scientists like myself being stuck at home and it's only thanks to people across Australia reporting the frogs that they're seeing in their backyards up the road or around their place that we're able to get 
sort of to the bottom of this or we're able to hopefully get to the bottom of this with a lot of investigation but without their help we would not be able to understand the scale of what's happening or even have the, the poor dead bodies of frogs that people have been helping us collect so gathering and putting them in their freezer which is which is a pretty amazing request and now we're going around and picking them up and, and getting them so that we're able to then test them and have what we need to get to the bottom of this because if it wasn't for everyone out there doing this it would be too late you know now we're allowed out um so it's it's been a remarkable team effort with thousands of people across australia mm. do you know how frogs in the act and surrounding region are faring we certainly know that they're still calling uh, but we also know that there were a number of reports of dead and sick frogs from the ACT and the surrounding area. So frogs, unfortunately, including the banjo frog or the pole bonk that you heard there. And what was sort of weirder as well is that those frogs in the middle of winter in sort of the drier times, they spend most of the time underground. So some of the weird things that's been happening that's not been sort of reported before is that these frogs that it becomes sick, they will actually, even if they're buried underground and they're not meant to be out, they will come out of the ground and sit somewhere really obvious during the day which is one of the things that makes people go wait a minute like a frog shouldn't just be sitting out in the sun in the middle of the day especially if it's a burrowing frog uh, and then they've been rapidly dying in the course of a day even so um, something is, is seriously up something is is not normal we've never had a mortality event in frogs of the scale that we've be, is experienced this winter and it's still happening it doesn't seem to be happening as much as it was in, in the middle of winter, perhaps the warmer weather is helping the frog's immune system speed up and kind of be able to fight whatever's going on. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really, really upsetting and horrifying because frogs have just been rapidly dying en masse. How is this going to impact on local ecosystems and how will it impact on us? Well, we're still at the early stages. So the weather's warming up. There's a fair bit of rain at the moment. We're coming up on Frog ID Week. And this is another sort of case of, of how we can't do it alone. We need to work together to figure out what this impact will be. Uh, and so we're doing some scientific surveys. We're getting out. We're assessing the populations of frogs. But we also need everybody to get out there. And, and we'll talk a bit more about Frog ID, which is one of the ways that people can help. Uh, but it potentially can have really huge, widespread, far-reaching, irreversible consequences. So frogs, even though, you know, most frogs are relatively small and, and you might not think they're that common unless you, you know, go somewhere in a flood or something and then you just might realise how many frogs there should be and often, you know, there are in healthy ecosystems. So even though we might not see frogs on a daily basis, basis trust me there should be tons of them out there in a healthy ecosystem they eat a lot of invertebrates uh the tadpoles that they have as well because it's almost like another animal that they kind of have which fills a different role they eat a lot of algae frogs and tadpoles are eaten by a lot of other animals as well so birds mammals reptiles rely on frogs for food and so when they disappear you do notice the consequences throughout the entire food web um, and so we need to be worried. For our own health, there's sort of some, aside from having healthy ecosystems around us to support us, which we definitely want and we need frogs for, um, they also have some more selfish reasons that we need to worry about losing frogs. So having healthy frog populations down in your local dams and creeks can help reduce mosquitoes. So therefore you're like less likely to get A, bitten by mosquitoes and B, getting kind of diseases uh, from insect um, insects like mosquitoes. Uh, and they also have an amazing amount of sort of chemicals on their skin that we're exploring 
exploring for use in human medicine. So from them, we may learn how to synthesize drugs that may actually end up saving us from the next pandemic. So um, from what you're saying, the, the major obstacle to fixing this problem is a bit of a knowledge vacuum. Do you think, well, you, you don't really know if uh, frog populations can recover from this. Do, do you think we need more radical interventions then, such as captive breeding or more direct action? I think we're a little too early. Certainly there are a lot of species already that are threatened that have some intensive conservation management. Many more really need more resources put towards them. So we know that they're already threatened by a whole bunch of things and we know that they need our help. Um, what we're desperately trying to get to the bottom, it's a bit of a parallel investigation right now. So the first thing is obviously what is causing this? Uh, and so we're working with the Australian Registry of Wildlife Health at Taronka Zoo to investigate what is this? Is it the, the disease, the amphibian kidred fungus? that has been around before? Is it something new? Is it a combination of some other stresses, you know, drought, bushfires, pesticides and, you know, and disease? We're still trying to really wrap our head around that and we're, we're investigating everything we can. The other thing we're investigating is, okay, so what's the population level effect? We know that thousands and thousands of frogs have died across, particularly Eastern Australia, of at least 35 species. And that's just the frogs that have been reported. Um, but we don't actually know what impact that will have obviously some um, but frogs thankfully and despite how threatened they are and how much trouble they are they do have the capacity to bounce back if conditions are right and if some of the other stresses aren't you know impacting them so hard um, and so we're getting some mixed reviews from the public so saying you know what like it's it's super quiet we're not hearing as many frogs as we've heard in other years other people are saying well maybe some of the bigger frogs have died that they're finding baby frogs that might have survived and so there definitely is hope Mm. Um, and so now it's a case of us getting out there, which we're doing, assessing frog populations in key areas and also getting a really big widespread understanding of what frogs are calling where, which places are quiet, which species are missing and what do we need to do to, I guess, make sure that we don't lose any more of Australia's frogs. Mm. Okay, so, well, let's get into the nitty-gritty of Frog ID Week. What are you asking folk to do and how easy is it? We're asking everybody out there that has a smartphone to download the free Frog ID app. So it's for your iPhone or Android and to get out there and listen for frogs. And when you hear them, to press record on the app for 20 to 60 seconds, that's as easy as it is. You don't need to know for sure it's a frog even. So if you hear something that you think could be a frog, record it. You don't need to know what species it is. You just press record, submit that. That gets uploaded to the Australian Museum with your latitude and longitude on it. And every recording will be listened to by a frog expert like myself. We'll identify the frogs calling from their unique call because every frog has a different species. And that will help us build an understanding of how our frogs are doing uh, after this event, after uh, all the things that frogs are dealing with, where they are, what we need to do to save them. Uh, and it will also help you learn your local frogs in your area as well, which is, I guess, a, a double benefit. But mm. we're, we're desperately asking people, particularly during a frog, frog ID week. So Frog ID does run all the time, but Frog ID week is our annual snapshot. It's the best time to record frogs in most of Eastern Australia in particular. 
So from the 12th to the 21st of November, as many recordings of frogs as you can get. If it's your pond in your backyard, record that guy every day if you can. If you're able to walk the dog and hear a few frogs by the creek or if you're driving somewhere and can kind of pull over safely, just press record because this annual snapshot not only will give us an understanding of how our frogs are doing from this mortality event, but also longer term trends. So how frogs are responding to environmental change, including climate change. And there are not enough frog biologists in Australia to be able to get this information. We really do need everybody's help. Well, thanks, Jodie, for taking time out to talk to us today about frogs. They're wonderful creatures and they really bring a great excitement and I guess to some uh, sense of comfort when we hear them. And let's not take them for granted. I've been talking with Dr Jodie Rowley, biologist and lead herpetologist at the Australian Museum Research Institute. Thanks, Jodie. Thank you. Before we go, let's soak up a sound that I hope we never lose. If you'd like to get involved in Frog ID Week, which is running till Sunday the 21st of November, jump onto the Australian Museum website and check out their What's On section. It's all there. Download the app and get cracking. I'm Heather Murray. Thanks for listening. You're listening to 2XXFM. People-powered radio.